0: Welcome back to Squawking Dad, my little goslings. Did everyone stock up on shitting pants? Because I ran out sometime between Simon filling Gregory's stomach up with his love and Negan and Gabriel's great walker escape. Episode 5, The Big Scary You Unknown, continues the slow transition from our initial quartet of intense episodes to the dialogue-driven scenes we know and love. However, we still managed to get a crazy explosion and a helicopter flyover. I mean, I called it that they would have a mid-air firefight in our last episode, but I was totally kidding. Now might be a good time to remind everyone that we still haven't seen a single flash-forward yet, and I personally predict that one of these flash-forward scenes will show up completely out of left field and only at the start of some random episode near the end of mid-season break, because that's the way these abusive writers always roll. I mean, my friends keep telling me that I need to leave them, but they don't know them like I do. No. No, they don't. After probably saying goodbye to King... Ezekiel in our last episode letting him rest for a little while and with the kingdom now silent faith in our beloved team's plan will be tested the scent of civil war is in the air Gabriel and Negan are sniffing out each other's weaknesses the savior lieutenants smell a mole the taste of loyalty in the mouths of the sanctuary workers has gone sour and Gregory's belly is full of Simon's sorghum pancake batter and yet I smile I smile because I just got the news that our podcast is now on Google Play Music you can search for Squawking Dead in the Google Play Music store from the podcast section or head over to our SoundCloud page and click on the handy dandy link in our profile. There's also a new menu on our Facebook page called Squawking Dead Episodes that cuts out the middleman and allows you to stream the show straight from there, along with buttons along the top that will take you to our Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcast, and even our Twitter profile when clicked. As always, it is my honor to introduce the starter of shows, the leader of the Judith Resistance, bearer of dark humor,
1: camera. Ah, what an intro to live up to. Jeez, where to start? I think this was a pretty straightforward episode, but this is what I called it. I've been calling you for the past, what, two weeks? I was waiting for this Negan-Father Gabriel confessional thing. The Catholic in me told me that this was happening. I could feel it in my spirit, and that's what we got. It wasn't to the full extent of what I was hoping for, but it was a step in trying to get a little bit more idea of where Negan's coming from which I appreciated. But I did think it was interesting to kind of show a lot of dissension and mutiny in the ranks and not just between Rick and Daryl, but also just among the saviors too, which I thought was kind of interesting how they're experiencing similar issues on both sides and also showing how ironically enough, Negan and Rick seem to have similar mindsets of, you know, we we can't just arbitrarily kill people the way um, it seems that uh, Daryl and Simon seem more okay with. Negan and Rick, ironically, are not. By no stretch of the imagination would I necessarily compare the two because Negan is very much a sociopath regardless of that. No matter how you cut it, he is a sociopath. But it's interesting, the parallels that they were trying to draw. I was like, all right, I see what you're doing here. Okay. But I it was a pretty straightforward episode. I mean, there were a few kind of like, hmm, what, what is this helicopter all about? Hmm, you okay. know? But you know, and we'll get to all the specifics of that. But I thought it was pretty straightforward. I thought I thought it was definitely a nice setting up for the next coming episodes, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And even from the start of the show, the one thing that I called—it's not a stretch of the imagination—that they would actually start rewinding the show from the bat, from from the beginning of the season. You know, practically what happened in the trailer. Well, to do that, we need to actually go back in time because time has moved forward, like at least you know a handful of hours from the time you know Rick stormed the armory and right. Kingdom stormed the well, didn't really get to storm the Plant, which which mm-hmm. we call the heavy artillery, ar- uh, warehouse or facility. So, and I will
1: say that I think that The Walking Dead does a good job of uh, illustrating time. I, I'm usually pretty clear on where we are, but they do a pretty good job of kind of making they like, okay, this happened at this point. When we, you know, we see Gregory talking to Simon, and you know, we kind of understand, like, okay, you know, this this must have been when Gregory went there, and then when eventually they go out when Negan and his lieutenants go out to the balcony, we kind of realize, okay. This was their vantage point from when Rick and and the group attacked the sanctuary. So we have a pretty good, clear, we have a very clear idea of where we are in the timeline.
0: As opposed to the first four episodes where sometimes it wasn't very clear. Right. It was a little disjointed.
1: Very disjointed. And and nobody knew what
0: was going on and, where oh, where are they? And literally in our chats back and forth we were kind of like, where are they here? I'm going to have to rewatch this episode because I don't know what's going on, especially with the kingdom. I, I just don't know.
1: Right, exactly. We weren't necessarily clear on what the missions were and where they were going and where, what, what outposts were they going to? Especially because they had so many different factions of like, you know, the Jesus group and, you know, the kingdom group. And it was like, where are they all? What, what is the mission? What are they trying to hit? So I think that this episode was pretty clear cut. You know, okay, we're at the sanctuary. This is a Negan centric, savior centric episode with some Rick and Daryl also in there.
0: Yeah, with the vein of Rick and Daryl. Oh, speaking mm-hmm. of veins, how many penis references, man? That's just, jeez. So, yeah. Such a phallic penisy vein. Throbby
1: how, how do episode. you feel about that? Because there are a lot of people that are split on it. No, no, no. Really? I say no, no, no. I say that because in the comics, he very much is like that. However, a lot of people feel that it doesn't translate as well to screen. That they feel that it's a little gimmicky, a little. 'Cause you know, in a comic like you can get away with certain things because you're you're talking about just like a panel and the, the dialogue needs to jump off of a panel and you can get away with outlandish sort of dialogue. Whereas on a screen coming out of a real human being's mouth, sometimes it just doesn't <laughs> translate the same way. So I know that some people are sort of eh, nah, nah, you know, kind of not necessarily feeling it, but then you know, the purists like the fact that, you know, some of the stuff is like word for word from what's in the comic.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not really split on it. I, I, I can see your point. I can see your point about having it be a little bit too much but I will say one thing it's as long as it's really limited to Negan in a way I don't know if it necessarily matters like if it's just one character on the show and that's his thing yeah it doesn't bother me as much although you did get hints of that let's say from Simon and, and, and the other lieutenants let's say in the group but but it's but even that is more of an illustration of how okay let's say like Simon is the almost Negan you know Right. so you get hints of it but it's not quite the same as when it comes out of Negan Negan it's overt it's obvious he's and right. i think it drives a point home and i think he's he knows he's being obvious too you know he he kind of alluded as much in this episode as well yeah the yeah idea of him being um that character that guy i mean he says you know he basically says gabriel just set fires back he says you're you're the asshole and he goes right yeah i know
1: yeah, yeah. no yeah that is he knows very what true. he's doing
0: and like especially at the end which i mean we'll cover i just want to cover the lines as they come out because yeah. they're just so i actually i actually ended up translating, translating I literating them, like, word for word. <laughs> It's because they're just so good. They're just so yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: It's it, very which is again, comical. something
0: that they needed. Yeah. They needed in this show a little bit to just to keep inserting this left and right left and right because I think part of what they're trying to recover from the last few seasons is the barren lack of humor in the, you in know the series. Who,
1: well, you know who and who always interjected his levity was Abraham. Abraham I didn't I think did a very good job of sort of like interjecting this sort of kind of macho kind of like I don't know terms sometimes that were so ridiculous, but they were just funny. Well, and yeah, I think know. he definitely for me like I miss Abraham for that like I think he had moments that were really funny to me oh well, yeah
0: and even even Eugene who's been like largely absent uh, until now and that was kind of a, a nice little relief like every even he, when he was being deadpan he just was just a funny ridiculous character he
1: is he is definitely a funny Unbelievable. ridiculous character <laughs> he definitely is
0: I don't know about you but when I was looking at the Gabriel and his church scene mm-hmm. and basically saying you know what I fear is a fruitless death and what I ask for right. after you've given me so much as purpose, is, right. there's a part of me that does not like that scene, and I'll tell you why. It's okay. it's the idea that they've just inserted a concept just randomly for there to be a a vein like this clear vein for Gabriel, like this clear <sighs> yes. purpose. I don't yeah. like having to say this. I do like it, but it, it occurred to me like after watching it like almost three and a half times that I'm like,
1: oh wait, they the could have maybe even done without this scene. <gasps> they could have. I, I mean, I mean I, the, the show has been <laughs> accused quite often of basically kind of like spoon feeding, you know, like the purpose of what they're trying to do. It's like, I don't think it was necessary to do, you know, I think we get it. I think we've seen Gabriel's arc on the show. So it's like, I would buy that, okay, you know, he is looking to to, to, to basically redeem himself from the coward that he was at the start and basically make sure that even if he dies that, you know, he's he's done some good, you know, beforehand i don't need necess- i don't i didn't necessarily need it to understand that i get it what they were trying to kind of illustrate i was like you know i saw the scene and i was like well you know what have i been saying i'm like gabriel's not getting out of this alive. <laughs> was like,
0: this it's like it's like every episode so, oh, so, he's basically- done. so
1: basically this was just kind of like yep <laughs> yep of course. of course of course all right
0: who's responsible for this scene
1: i really didn't need it, it just wastes my time we know it, what's going to happen we know what's going to happen it's like it wasn't yeah it, it totally <laughs> wasn't needed you know oh. I, I understand what they were trying to go with but yeah it wasn't needed yeah, for sure
0: yeah. I mean there there are like it's kind of like I was saying to you be, before the show there the show is fairly cut and dry in terms of even analysis I don't really have too much but what I will say what lacks for subtext it makes up for in cinematography and scene um, yes in construction because the way that scene transitions the way it's filmed the way the camera pans the close-ups to Gre- uh, to G- Gregory uh, Father Gabriel I'll get to Gregory <laughs> it's father gabriel he seems to have a lot of up close face yeah. shots in so many scenes and he's such a pivotal character in this episode and unlike a lot of people i actually even though father gabriel is not most people would regard him as a throwaway character i don't think uh, in so. in some respects um yeah. like oh I, I why can't he go away that feeling <laughs> you know oh, he did. you know so like for me, I, I actually enjoy characters like that that are done in such a way that they disrupt the show in a way. Like They, right. they disrupt the progression of, of a certain group, a certain character. And Gabriel certainly did that when he was introduced. Like, who is this guy who managed to live this long? Right. And then they meet up with this guy, and he's playing catch-up. And he's playing catch-up really fast. And of course, you yeah. run into problems. But the way he comes about, he has his moments, and they're really sticky. But having the turbulent nature of him having to catch up the way he did mm-hmm. and then reaching to this moment, it's kind of exciting to see. It literally, the title of the show is The Big Scary You, which is unknown, which is something Gregory says. And to me, Gabriel is the very definition of an unknown in yes. that respect because of who he is. So I like disruptions to the show. I like, sometimes mm-hmm. I like those little annoyances. You know?
1: Yeah, I do because I think it keeps you on your toes. You know, like, I think that there are certain characters that you can pivot pretty easily but you don't know necessarily necessarily what direction they go I mean you could pick a Gabriel in several different directions you know and I think that's what makes him interesting like you're not necessarily sure you know you always like have a bit of a doubt with him from his background and you know yes he's had this arc but you know a lot of people kind of fall like oh could he be a mole or this or whatever like I mean he he definitely keeps you on your toes so I don't think he's a throwaway character either I think he's an interesting character I think he can be a frustrating character yeah. sometimes but I think that makes them compelling.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think many people will agree with us there, but, no. <laughs> but I, I, I do like it. You have to appreciate it, for for sure. You have to appreciate right. it, even though you're just so frustrated by it, you know, sometimes. Right, exactly. But, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh at people that get frustrated. at <laughs> Father Gabriel, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah he's so, still here sorry yeah.
0: he's still here yeah definitely oh yes oh yes because you know where i'm gonna go i'm actually going in chronological here your
1: you're gonna go right into <laughs> your God. man your guy okay
0: oh, i'm waking up in the sanctuary
1: where am i oh. by the way side tangent did yes. you know that in real life the actor who plays gregory which is xander burley and the actor who plays simon Stephen Ogg are roommates in real life and they produce different things together Wait like side pet projects yeah
0: they're like of The Odd Couple? Yes. Please me yes. they like The Odd Couple. Yes.
1: Yes, they are. Isn't that hilarious?
0: Chemistry. Holy crap. Yes,
1: yeah. They're roommates well, you- and they work on all sorts of pet projects.
0: You know, I'm wondering if Og was in... There was that Hulu series that Xander Berkeley largely starred in and it was... Um. Oh, yeah. I think it was called The Booth at the End and it was this mm-hmm. really great series. Was, I think it ran two seasons but there, there it's like eight episodes a season or something and it's literally in a booth in a diner and this is how talented Xander Berkeley is. Mm-hmm. He's this guy... That they can make things happen, basically, and you don't see any scenes except the ones in the diner. You know, it's just two people sitting across a table, and he's there all day just drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And somehow he's able to manipulate these people's lives—the people that come in and talk to him—that they know he can make things happen. And it's just this fascinating thing. And it just—it just this is kind of like the reason why I like xander Berkeley. He has this range. He has this this way of pulling you into whatever character he plays. He's just demented. And so now that I know that Stephen Ogg is part of that, I kind of want to go back and see if he, was, if he was ever involved in any of those episodes in any capacity, because now I just want to see it. How did you find yeah, this well, out?
1: I was listening to the, one of the radio shows I was listened to in the morning, and they were talking about him and they were and they mentioned how they interviewed him. One of them interviewed specifically Stephen Ogg, and Stephen Ogg was the one who told them that they were roommates and that they work on these projects together, this kind of stuff. I was like, wow, who knew?
0: Oh my god, this is like something I'm going to look at before I sleep tonight. It's <laughs> <This laughs> no, great.
1: I'm telling you, it exists. It's true.
0: Yeah. That's Gregory and Simon too.
1: Can you imagine?
0: Like a sitcom? Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. It'd be like a sci-fi sitcom, like a very campy slash, you know, dark humor sitcom. But yeah, yep. it would be in my brain. Something I'd invent. I think it but it but it writes itself. <laughs> it do, it <laughs> it does. Does. It, hence that scene. That scene with the, the wakey wakey eggs pen cakey. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> like this is this is their life, like on a regular
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's literally Simon does it. I you know what? I can see Xander doing it to Simon. In every day and then Simon oh I can't wait to get into the scene because you do this to me every goddamn morning. right
1: right yeah I you know what you're, you're totally <laughs> right I could totally actually see that actually. <laughs> I, I do I do love this scene though because it's like Steven August is he's such a bizarre creep or, or the Simon character the right hand man he's he's menacing without being overtly menacing like there's right. just something menacing suggestively, about
0: him suggestively yeah. menacing
1: yes he's suggestively menacing by not anything that he's he's not overt in anything he's saying he's not threatening but there's just an air of menace that gives you that fear that you don't know what this guy's capable of at all
0: yeah because there's a lot of love on that tray. A lot of love.
1: A lot with oh. the sorghum. Again, yeah. with the sorghum. Yeah,
0: fill your belly up with my love and then you'll solve it. Like, <laughs> I wrote all these lines down and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this is delicious. Just love on a plate. Oh. And then soon to be in his belly. They do
1: seem to like pancakes at the sanctuary, though. Didn't they make uh, pancakes for Sasha, like her last meal? I think it was like pancakes that they brought oh. her over when she was in the cell. Well, they may even the-
0: mentioned that it's sorghum, too. Yeah. You
1: never know. Because she
0: was at the hilltop before. Or she left to um, she yes. left to um, yeah, the sanctuary. Work. That's right. she should be familiar with these pancakes. <laughs> Again can the pancakes. Well, they're
1: looking pretty good at the sanctuary pancakes. I mean, hey, it's what's
0: for dinner. It's
1: what's for dinner. There you go. Oh, it makes me hungry.
0: Yeah, other than the overt creepiness or the suggestive, menacing dialogue between Simon and Gregory, I can appreciate that scene because it sets the table for the next scene. We you know with the with the lieutenant's, but yes. I, But I like how I like how that he mentions the sanctuary. Uh, sorry, the satellite outpost. I feel like a lot of the things that were said in this episode between Simon and Gregory between the lieutenants amongst themselves is they they really tied in the first four episodes and then you know going back what these stations represent who runs them Mm -hmm. and so there's something pretty cool about finally wrapping all those threads into a bow and and finding out how they work and who runs them what are they for that was kind of cool that was it was nice to kind of put a face to the name you know that sort of thing you know be able to name a concept and
1: and also to just see that who these lieutenants are, you know, who the, this is like, if you were to have like a, a upper management meeting <laughs> in the conference room, this, this seems to be Negan's cabinet of members here, you know? So it gives you an idea of like, okay, who's, who are his closest in, in command? And it's okay. So these, this is the team right here. The upper so, echelon. Yes. I do appreciate that Gavin consistently seems just not, not into this at all. <laughs> He's just very sort of. Passive. Very passive. And like, as soon as like they open the door to the bathroom, and he's like Jesus Christ <laughs> when they go out and later on in the episode when they, they hear about the workers basically revolting he's like oh, again he's like oh god I'm like this guy's <laughs> this guy is just, uh, he's he is like overweight. do I have to
0: do something oh, yeah. man
1: he's like, oh. You know, That's he's fine. one of those, he, you know what, he's middle management. Yeah. You know, He's middle management. He's just trying to do his job. And now he's like, oh, God, I have to deal with this. You know, he's I get like, it. he's
0: like the dude at the post office that after every person he takes, he just takes, he just takes a little lap <laughs> just to piss <laughs> off the next person. Just kind of like, oh, just, God, just, do I have to do this job? Yeah, nah, yeah. Five minute mandatory break, you know, like Agreed. he doesn't want to have to do this. He doesn't want to at all. At all Yeah I mean he'll do it He will do it He won't be grudging, like Begrudgingly so he I think that's when it. he gets mad Is when he has to do it When he <laughs> so, has to Exactly Simon
1: makes him do it <laughs> yeah but yeah i
0: love the little dialogue between gregory and negan you know and simon in the middle there's something so menacing that. about it
1: i did i did appreciate that i think this is what i was talking to at the start like you definitely got at that point a very clear idea like there also seems to be like a little I, i'm trying to i'm curious to know what the origin or what the backstory is between negan and simon because when simon tries to interject and kind of say like look you know we'll go in with a show of force we'll kill all these people whatever and Negan mentioned something like, are we backsliding or something like that? It's like, what is... Backsliding here? Yeah. I'm like, what, what does that mean? What, what happened in the past that you know, are we backsliding? I, yeah. I, I'm curious about yeah, well, that term Let's talk about is. this for a second because
0: a lot of... Some people have theorized and I was theorizing it as, as, at the moment because actually, I mean, I called it back when we were talking about it in the first show, how I had always perceived Simon as kind of an almost Negan, mm-hmm. you know? He has, he has the authority. He has this... He doesn't have quite the authority, obviously. He doesn't have quite the charisma, let's say, even he is certainly charming. You know, he certainly mm-hmm. has an appeal about him. He's affable. You know, he he he's approachable. Actually, he's probably more approachable, and maybe that's a slight weakness. But it doesn't it doesn't harm him in any way. You know, as, yeah. as far as we can tell, because he does his job the way he does it, and he doesn't do it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't try to shoot for the goal. He's not. A, he doesn't look to be ambitious. He just he knows what his role is, and he just goes for that role. You know, he does what he's gonna do, and is at the best of his capacity. So. what what some people had theorized and what I would kind of thought from the beginning was that it seems to me that he may have been the original leader let's say of this group of of, of upper echelon people and uh, you know the people that basically provide the workers with sanctuary which is obviously something we're going to get to in a minute because it's big very interesting
1: that's an interesting theory though yeah (laughs)
0: yeah or that there was at least some sort of incident where he was given more power than he previously had like maybe he had more authority in the Mm -hmm. saviors maybe even before they were called the saviors or maybe he did run things and Negan kind of just took over you know so it's a prevalent it's it's a prevailing theory I mean that's what I think I mean I think there was some sort of capacity or some sort of mistake that was made as a result of trusting Simon or giving Simon that level of responsibility mm-hmm. So what I mean interesting. what do you think though because you must have I feel like you must have some thoughts on that because
1: I I mean I, I that dialogue did not you know didn't go over my head either when he mentioned like oh the guy who was in charge before I don't think think that's throwaway dialogue very few right very few dialogue in The Walking Dead is usually throwaway dialogue it's usually stated for a reason so I think eventually we'll kind of get a little bit more info to like when it was when he says who was in charge before like who was that you know and I wonder... When you when you say that now, it does make me wonder, you know, what the extent is of Negan and Simon's back backstory is. How far how far back is their relationship? Though, have they known each other for a long time? Ooh. I don't know. You know, you know like what I even th- not even thought.
0: I thought I just thought. Sorry to cut you off, but no. I was even thinking, could this even be some sort of you know Caesar, you know Julius Caesar situation where Negan and Simon planned a coup, you know, because the guy that was leading them previously kind of led them down a stupid path, you know, and also maybe that's the backsliding. Like, highly you know? possible
1: too. I mean, I think both aspects are very much possible. Yeah, I I would kind of lean towards thinking they could have been in cahoots to, to do a coup. Simon the way he made it seem like in his dialogue with Gabriel, he made it seem that whoever was in charge before uh, let people be weak. And yeah, Simon whoever seems was. whoever it was. And it seems that Simon is, I would say, almost maybe possibly a little bit more ruthless than um, Negan, in the sense that he seems to have a little sympathy for, well, you know, these people are innocent people, so, you know, he seems kind of like, well, whatever, if we have to go in and, like, kill all these people, then we have to do it. Whereas Negan seems to be more like, nope, nope, you know, that's wasted resources. Like, we need more people. So, maybe Simon wasn't necessarily the leader from the past group, but I could not buy it that they were part of this group, and they decided like, "Well, this guy's just not doing it. We need to kind of take charge." I can see that. I well, let's even I see let, that. let's
0: keep going with this this people are a resource thing. Like, I love this line because I just want to repeat it because I'm going to be a cliche like in every podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> people are a resource. Money on the table. People are the foundation of what we are building here. So, I you have to really kind of examine that because something that you said is the people we Simon might think that people are an obstacle, people are a hurdle people get in the way of what we want it's not about what we want, people are the means to which we can get what we want and this is like Negan's philosophy, so mm-hmm. I mean people are that natural resource we are nothing without them in a way, you know if we can't make them feel like they're important relevant and take care of them, we're not doing our part of the deal, you know and and, and, and if we're not doing it they can't keep doing what we need them to do for us, you know, which is the most important thing you know, obviously, I mean as a resource I think it's the seed of their power, and it's it's a precarious one. Albeit, you know, like they're making the pro- they're making promises of protecting these people. Yes. You know, they're they're fueling the workers. You know, they're, to keep running the machine. Right. You know, and at at some point there has to be a fall off a drop off point to where they can't really commit to those promises. You know, at some point it's it's going to run out. The way they're doing business is it's 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 a model that's that can't is not sustainable. Sustained. No, it's yeah.
1: not a sustainable model. Yeah. ¡Ah! No, and it seems like, yeah, that is, their, that is their premise, the idea that people are a resource. And, you know, and it, it is interesting, you know, and I think at one point during that dialogue, he mentions too, to Simon, like, have you, you know, have you forgotten what this was all about or something, you know? And so yeah. I think that he, there, at least in Negan's point of view, that there was this grand plan of like, you know, we are reorganizing civilization and this is how we're going to do things. It's a society based on rules and punishment and reward and you know this is how we we do things and i think it's also very interesting that they mention in his conversation with gabriel he used to work with kids yeah. which also sheds some light <laughs> on other aspects too but in terms of the idea of punishment reward I mean probably know he was a school teacher who even knows <laughs> you know yeah so it, it it does all kind of like we mentioned like these kind of bits and pieces are starting to weave together a picture of what where he's coming from and it seems like his decisions are not arbitrary it's all very deliberate and planned out even if he has to execute somebody it's done in a certain way for a greater purpose rather than just like we're gonna go in and kill all these people you know so I think that he definitely has a vision in mind and a Goal in mind, and I think it's something that Simon doesn't necessarily see, just the, just the same way that Daryl doesn't necessarily see where Rick is coming from, or doesn't necessarily agree with it. So oh yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, and I mean, I'll get to that. Just just a couple of things though. It's 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 this idea that you meld this idea that people are a resource, and this other idea where Gabriel and Negan have this exchange where he says, well even yeah, it's Gregory and, uh, and Negan, and he has this exchange where like Gregory says, as much as we both hate killing people, and he goes, well, it's not that I don't hate killing people, I I like killing people I I like killing the right people I think he says that in a menacing way but I don't think he means it in a menacing way, like obviously, you know, he has to still come off the way he comes off, but I think that he really does mean that I'm all in favor of killing the right people you know, it's just that the subtext to that is that I don't like having to kill people at all, in fact, if we go back to Father Gabriel even, Mm -hmm. it's that he, his, I think his thing, his main thing is converting people's weaknesses into strengths and strengths that will benefit him and the saviors i think his whole stick is like his whole stick is a sham it's a sham he's he's not all about the murder and the balls and the penises and the show of force his whole thing is to kind of project a sense of of safety for everybody you know like an icon and then you know in the background and and also on a one-to-one basis, he's really trying to give people purpose and which obviously in a way father gabriel is wants he wants something you know fruitful you know fruitful death, a purpose. Right. So these are all kind of interweaving things. And and we're starting to see I think the backstory that really the essence of his backstory really boils down to a sum total of really he does at least respect people, you know, the right. concept of people, the strengths and weaknesses. It's a mix, like he says. And he his whole shtick is to to take it and convert it into a resource and, and to make them useful. You know, and, and and maybe the trick here is is whether he's doing this for himself and his personal benefit. And keep order, or if he really does, he's really like a humanitarian. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's that's what we're trying to figure out in a way. You know, (laughs) determines his basically. So,
1: I mean, (laughs) mean, it's 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 deep, man.
0: How did we get here i mean like, like i'm just thinking about like oh well, we don't have that much to talk about in terms of getting really deep and then well, here we are
1: but you know what though like the, they did give complexity to the negan character which is what they needed to do so you know there is definitely an air of complexity now which i appreciate so i don't i think that the episode was Cut and dry in the sense of like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And we're moving the story along. But I think that Negan is a very complex character. I think that that's what they're trying to go for anyway. But this guy is not as cut and dry as necessarily one would think. There's right. there's complexity there. Which I hope that they continue to develop further and further. And I think that they will. I think that these were little pieces and of, of Negan to kind of throw out there. To kind of give us an idea of where his mind is at. And then we'll continue to build on that. I think. I hope.
0: Well, what if this is one of these things that we saw the last two episodes? You know, you get this perspective of Ezekiel, right? Mm-hmm. The two episodes ago, we have this impression of this hopeful Ezekiel making speeches and smiling and telling others to smile. And then the, the very next episode, you tear him to shreds. Yeah. And then maybe in this episode, we're seeing Negan from. We're, we're being spoon fed this image of Negan in all these different facets and these mechanics. You know, the idea that he's converting people into resources he respects those people ergo resources does not wish to kill them unless he must and even more even better if killing them actually saves you know hundreds of lives you know he's all in favor of it even you know so we're really getting this bur- you know this this deeper idea this we are really peeling back the layers that that make up this gruff exterior right but what if the very next episode you know, we get this macabre birth of, you know, we throw, we throw Negan under a pile of bodies and then out comes this proto, this uh post, post balls in hand Negan. And that would be and he pretty crazy. To shred, you know? I mean,
1: that would be pretty crazy. I mean, I think, I think that we'll definitely get more depth with him, but I think that they will, they're going to hold him as this ruthless leader for sure, though. I, I definitely think so. I, I think. I no, but it's like i just feel that there will be another mm-hmm. spectacle made of somebody before yeah. by the mid-season finale or for the mid-season finale i just i don't know i, I do i oh, have a suspicion
0: interesting. that's interesting I, well i mean I I, my, my comic book uh not spoiler i don't know what to call what it is when i feel like your comic book sense is tingling my, my, my radar <laughs> is going off my <laughs> so. comic sense is
1: tingling no actually i don't think that there was anything in the comic because they've deviated from the the comics in the sense of the way that they're doing the war. So there isn't really anybody that I would say right now would be you know, the reason I say that more so is just because I just, he just seems like, first of all, there's a lot of suspicion and I don't know if Eugene is in the best place right now. I mean, Eugene, he definitely seems to have suspicions or trying to figure out like who among the rank is feeding information and obviously Eugene is the obvious target for the fact that he's just, you know, he's he's not really a savior. He came from Rick's side. So what's to say that he's not you know playing both sides or whatever you know just the exactly just how he accused Gregory of playing both sides you know so yeah, at, yeah. The, at the end of the day like I I wouldn't be surprised if somebody you know like Jean or, or somebody might fall on the hands of, of Negan if, if things continue at the court at the way that they are I, I don't know but at the end of the day, it doesn't it's not necessarily a comic book spoiler because Eugene doesn't die during this during the war. Eugene in the comics does not. Eugene in the comics survives and keeps going and but however what I will say though is that the Eugene in the comics is very different from the from the Eugene on the show. Like right? the Eugene in the hmm. comics is is a little braver, is a little bit more kind of uh stands his ground where you Dr. Eugene Porter on the show is uh <laughs> is not not the most uh, brave individual. So right. I don't know. I mean He's one of those characters that I don't necessarily know what they could do with, you know? Yeah, I mean, they could
0: could completely throw us a curveball and just just completely change this character. Because there's deviation and there's complete surprise, which in a way would be in the show's best interests, if you think about it. To not see, even let's say Eugene suddenly being killed, you know, to not see that coming. That would be bananas. And I don't think it would actually hurt the feelings of comics readers in a way. Because, yeah, there have been subtle changes, but this could be a good opportunity to go into the big you know the big scary you you know the big unknown you know to to be able to put these characters in a in a in a situation where that we can't couldn't have possibly predicted right especially using comic knowledge and especially even looking at the scene it would be the most obvious thing for negan just just on the logical standpoint to really suspect eugene right
1: right exactly from pure logic
0: yeah so it would be a logical conclusion Part of us thinks, oh, that's not going to happen because it's so obvious, it's right? So obvious. But then having it happen, that would be. And having it, and like you said, the most spectacular way where it, it's. And like he even says, it's the right. killing the right people in the most wrong way possible. You know, right. it's. It, that would be you know, like watching Glenn and Abraham all over again right. and exactly. such a way that it, you know, that, that it would just rock the entire universe. You know, right. ratings would go through the roof. So I'm not suggesting that they do that,
1: <laughs> but they could, but, yeah,
0: they could. And then it would be, yeah. And, and this goes with anything, really, but, uh, but in this specific scenario, I just, it just, and it's mostly because I'm thinking in the back of my head, having not read the comics that uh, not, not that Eugene will die, but there's this struggle in my head that I'm leaving leaning more towards him being not good. As much mm. as I want him to be good. I feel like uh, until that last scene at the end, I was just thinking in my head he's going to try to get all the information as possible, see either why Dwight's doing it mm. and find out whether the situation be- can benefit him like by ratting Dwight out, mm. he mm-hmm. killed Dwight and it changed the story completely. I know it doesn't happen in the comics, thank you. But
1: <laughs> I was was a little concerned, though, for, like, Eugene. Like, when he had, like, when they discovered that there was paints on the bag with the weapons and Eugene had paints on his hands, I'm like, dude, you better wash that off, like, super quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, talk
0: about well, I wasn't like, even thinking that far My, he was looking at Dwight a little yes. weirdly like he put it together I better,
1: like I better rat
0: him out yeah. before they, they just default to blaming me you know
1: right yeah he definitely figured put two and two together and realize okay Dwight's the one he's the, the mole in the group.
0: I just got to figure out if this overall. And he's to give Eugene a little credit. He's a smart guy. We we talked about this in the first episode. He he's a pretty smart guy. You know, there's there's he's probably trying to do like fifth dimensional chess here. Even though the most obvious choice would be to rat Dwight out for his own self interest, I don't think it's that simple. He's probably thinking of the ramifications of doing so. Like, okay, I rat Dwight out. Who's to say that I can't be uh, the very next day? I I automatically still become uh, primary suspect number one again, you know, yeah. even though Dwight's gone, you know, so yeah. you're damned if you do sometimes, you know, and you're damned if you don't. So again, Eugene is probably thinking of this scenario like left, right, and center. But then now we have as of the end of the show, we, we have a Father Gabriel that's in that holding cell and he's asking for the doctor. He's saying you better get that doctor out of here no matter what. Right. And that really, that really throws everything into why because as much as Negan wants uh, Eugene to solve the situation at the sanctuary, a situation that is, has Ramifications that go far beyond people's lives. You know, it just it's a matter of again the resources and getting the workers to kind of quell down, right. you know, and, and calm down. And to do that, they, it's the idea that the saviors have to save them. You know, they have right. to do their part of the job. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on here that can, can go wrong. Does he abandon that? What Negan says? Does he get the doctor and take him to safety to the hilltop for Maggie? So yeah, yeah there's a lot going on here. Like, and and really, it can go in so many different wild directions. At this point so
1: yeah no it's it is and that is that is something that quite honestly is related to the comics without getting too into it dr carson is a a major player in the comics so (laughs) harder No, I think I you said it right. I thought, oh, I thought so you
0: said, said Carson. I thought I said Carter. So I guess Dr. Carson.
1: Okay. Yes. Oh, man. Because I'm so, thinking of Downton
0: Abbey. And never mind. <laughs> I watched Downton Abbey and there was a Dr. Carson. And I will not bar- bother Walking Dead fans with that. Uh-oh. That's Very a different. Show about. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad you watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought it was a crazy man rambling into the ether. No, um not in the least. No. Okay. I was <laughs> oh, so you say Dr. Carson is, is a very important character on down uh, The Walking Dead.
1: <laughs> Downtown Abbey. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he he is in the comic, so I was and I suspected that he would be on the show. Especially because of the fact that when they captured Dr. Carson, it was made like a big show. Like, oh, we're taking the doctor and we're bringing him over and all this sort of stuff. So it, it's, it, it was made. And and also, like, quite honestly, you can tell which actors are kind of like throwaway actors and which ones are, like, going to get more screen time. Personally, I'm like, yeah, this is a doctor. But this doctor kind of has, like, MacGyver-like qualities or looks to him. I'm like, this guy <laughs> is gonna be, like... qualities? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, he seemed like... Th- <laughs> you choke on your like beverage like <laughs> done i'm just imagining no. richard
0: dean anderson taking the role of that post fact
1: <laughs> that would be awesome yeah i'm dr die. carson even though you met I me would, earlier if all of a sudden they like get him for like some random role the walking dead people are gonna like pass out <laughs> yeah i will lose
0: all bowel functions at that point oh like
1: yes like yes they'll make people will like lose their minds they'll be like yes this makes total sense this is exactly the kind of person that you need in a zombie apocalypse like i'm MacGyver.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, it'd be hashtag Soiler Alert. Soiler. Oh, my gosh. I'm waiting for the, the canned laughter. Oh, it didn't come up. Okay, whatever. I, I, ain't ma- I ain't mad at you. Anyway, so... <laughs>
1: But yes, he seems, this Dr. Carson definitely has some sort of qualities that made me feel like, eh, we're gonna see this guy again. So the fact that Gabriel mentions, you have to get that doctor over to Maggie makes me feel like, okay, this guy is is, is going to be a piece of the fabric of the war. Mm. That's my thought.
0: You know, and as that thought travels to the Hilltop, let's say, just for example, I think having a doctor there would be beneficial to the peacekeeping situation in Hilltop. I'm just having one there and having the saviors that have been captured know that now they have possession of the doctor this expensive football of a person that whoever has this doctor and there's no other doctor that we know of has a, s- a certain amount of leverage you know and, and as we're talking about leverage you know we see the garbage people have been approached by yes. Rick yes. and this was the last play that Daryl was talking about when they yes. when they parted ways like you're gonna play this last play and he's like yep yep I don't wanna because they I suck.
1: <laughs> I knew we were gonna see these damn people again. Yep. I just wanna understand their backstory. Like why? Why you're not using prepositions? Like I wanna understand like where this like it bothers me. It does. There's silly talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just garbage talk. Garbage, garbage. talk from garbage people. Trash. I wanna, I,
1: but I wanna understand how these people have access to a helicopter. I wanna understand this. Okay, so the chopper
0: thing is particularly interesting to me because in my notes, I freak out a lot when I see it. Yes. I, I, I literally write martial arts fight, car chase, explosions, and now a helicopter. I'm like, this is like taking a, a the page out of like a John Woo or a James Michael Cameron. Bay. Yeah, Michael Bay, you know, type of film. And I'm like, things you'd go. never expect to see in subsequent, you know, sequential episodes of The Walking Dead. Um,
1: Black helicopters, here we go. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen... uh, Well, I've seen, since I've seen Fear of the Walking Dead, I've seen helicopters. And I know it's only, you know, a couple months or several months after the the apocalypse started. Right, in their case, yeah. yeah. But having the fuel and and the pilots available, there is something about that that's a little unnerving after, let's say, a couple years, I I suppose, in this. You know, down south, the heat. Yeah.
1: I mean, I wonder, when I saw the helicopter, I mean, we've seen other scenes where... You know, we see like army personnel and things like that. And we've seen it lately. Like, I mean, a lot of the weapons that... Like those what was it the rpgs or whatever explosives that they um got for what what was it little timmy and the dick brigade that was like <laughs> i mean that, that is what they called them like you know yeah like that was like i remember abraham kind of pillaged it off of some sort of you know army soldier walker or whatever and even when michonne and rick had their little kind of side mission when right, they were looking the to get him, the carnival that had these kind of like random dead you know soldiers with weapons or whatever and michonne mentioned like something happened here i I wonder if there's any correlation with the helicopter and these like soldiers like I I wonder I mean it might not be because obviously in the case of something like this then obviously you had like all the army and forces trying to kind of defeat you know these this, this threat so it may not be at all related but I wonder you know if there's any correlation
0: yeah I mean you, you obviously have a force out there and yeah we've, we have seen RPGs I mean we even saw like a, a, a nice amount of weaponry when what was his name when, when Rick finally met Morgan again For the first time Right the yeah, time, yeah. So it's there It's out there It's just a matter of getting it And and obviously The savers have been Stockpiling the stuff For a while So the helicopter Just doesn't seem Well and, and that's the other thing They mentioned a flyer In the lieutenant's meeting I think with Negan Or when Simon I think mentioned that well, Like worst case We'll take a flyer over And and, and you know just, just kill them all And I'm thinking <laughs> That's what they're talking about Maybe and, Maybe and that's what it really is Yeah and if that's the case Maybe it's on loan From the, the guard garbage people maybe that's you know they have that in their junkyard which is stands to to what to possibility because hmm. i mean it's a junkyard they've got tons of crushed vehicles and things that they can turn into vehicles or patch up and repair and that would be probably the best place to look to kind of fix something that was broken pre and post hmm. apocalypse so and, and it's it probably makes sense that they would be the people to co, the, to go to you know they'd have to be somebody there with mel- welding experience and engineering and, and whatnot right, right. so that makes sense. Maybe. And and also the chopper was coming from that direction towards the sanctuary, I suppose, um, from where Rick was standing. Like Rick was going towards that direction. The, the helicopter is going the exact opposite direction. So there must be some sort of relationship with that. Like, And the fact that they didn't want to have to use that option initially, you know, the flyer, means that they'd probably have to tap a resource they wouldn't have want to have to tap. Right. These, these garbage people, they always want something.
1: Yeah, you can't trust them. They'll flip it on you. On a, they'll flip out on you on a switch don't know how to speak good english but you know they
0: certainly know what they want god. even though they can't express it properly
1: no not in <laughs> the fight least
0: now. i guess fight means sex i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah i was i was very surprised at michonne's reaction there i'm like god michonne you're just gonna let this shit talk like that but okay just, just
0: let it roll off your back man just let it roll off your back just get out with your skin
1: yeah she <laughs> she she did they just barely made it out <laughs> alive from that yeah. so i'll be curious to see what happens with these garbage folk
0: oh yeah I'm okay with it now I mean it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much because I haven't seen them in a while it's kind of like that that record that you played (laughs) and it's kind of good but please don't play it again like okay I can wait now because I have that one eight minute track and (laughs) you don't have to listen to the whole thing but if it's
1: been like a few months or something it's like oh right you know it's fine
0: yeah it's like November Rain like you know
1: Yeah, like I'm okay with November Rain (laughs) but it's like yeah like in you know here and there Yeah, not like
0: the way they were playing it back when we were kids. Like, oh,
1: again? Eight minutes, come on! (laughs) it's like they used to play that video all the time. Every day that thing was on. Uh, No
0: shame. No shame.
1: No. I mean, I loved it at the time, but I mean, yeah, that thing was like eight minutes.
0: So there's one thing that I want to just throw out of the way, and that's, I'm like going back towards uh, Gregory and Negan again. It's, I love the relationship they're having with this political character. As much as Negan likes, as we know now, uh, does value people, there's this... Something to be said about his reaction towards a politician. Like on the one hand, oh, I could totally waste this guy. This guy is antithetical to who I am as a person. Right. You know, there's an el- there are elements in a politician that are clearly pleasant and present in Negan. Yes. You know, the, the idea that you need to kind of manipulate people into thinking your way in order to right. to push an agenda. Right. Right. But I think that Negan tries to at least tries to uh, appeal to the better their better nature to, to actually access. Something that benefits them, right? Whereas Gregory just will just say, "This is the way." There's no other choice, you know. He'll be affable. He'll make false promises, and I think that's what really burns Negan up a little bit. It's just it's like all the bluster and none of the backing. Right? You know? There's no way that Gregory can. There's no force behind his words, and that's what like it's almost pains Negan to keep him alive in some respects.
1: Yes. Well, I think he doesn't respect him, and he finds his, find him spineless, and he doesn't yeah. necessarily know what value he has as a. Person. Are you
0: the guy? You know, you you certainly don't seem like the guy. And, you know, he he, brought up very good
1: points. If you think if you're the guy, how in the world did this woman come and basically completely like undermine your leadership and then lead these people? You know, if you are the guy and this is your community, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, exactly. Even the idea of him entertaining this conversation and not killing him right away speaks volumes about Negan, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. He could waste him. But you see, the the thing is that it goes back to something that he said about you know if i kill this one person it, it could save hundreds does killing right. gregory save anybody except a headache from negan right. so there's no purpose there's it's not no. a fruit it's not a fruitful death oh yeah. yeah it
1: is not a fruitful death here we go yeah.
0: there's some here connections go. being made
1: there you have so, it no yeah, it
0: is true yeah we're seeing perils between Ga- uh, father gabriel and uh, negan now but yeah, yeah i think negan feels that his the usefulness that gregory has has almost run out Like he's wondering you know and maybe this can be used in maybe gregory can be used in a different way and by the looks of it i think they're trying and we know where gregory ends up yes
1: right yes we do we and know so... basically where
0: we know from the timing where he all ends up so i wonder i really do wonder what the deal is you know what's gonna happen with, with that relationship
1: yeah no i do i do wonder and i think it's very interesting how simon really backs gregory up i mean which is kind of makes sense why he was so indignant when Rick invaded the sanctuary and he kind of like try to make his little stand of like, Oh, the hilltop and whatever and you know, Jesus like, Oh, the hilltop stands with Maggie or whatever and Simon right. got just so, well, threw him down the stairs, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Simon's whole shtick is really the disrespect of people. You yes. know, he has no patience for people and, and it totally, it makes him almost, gosh, almost useless to Negan. Like, obviously, if, if Simon isn't doing what Negan asks him to do, then Simon would be toast. Because in right. some ways, you know, different than Gregory, at least Gregory doesn't put people in danger, but doesn't put resources in danger, you know? Right. But Simon has a potential of, you know, corrupting or just just reducing the capacity of those resources you know by sure. threatening to kill people who don't comply and and you know what I mean so yeah. Oh, yeah not doing it and if he's gonna kill people doing it in a way that at least inspires others to yes. comply or to show hey me doing this to you was on you you know it's because you you basically made me do it you know you didn't follow the rules all these other people are following the rules yeah you know all these other all the they're they're fueling the economy they're trying to be a helpful resource. These people are mad at you for breaking the rules. You know, Negan will ha- find a way to turn it around to where he'll get everybody else to hate that person, you know, for doing right. what he did. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, no, exactly. You know, you know, if we're talking about this, I think it's a good idea to switch back over to Daryl and Rick. Yes. Because there's something that happens in that in that whole kerfuffle where Dar- uh, Daryl finds the dynamite sticks, right? Yes. And yeah,
1: Daryl has this idea of, you know, using the dynamite dynamite six using these explosives and basically you know saying that you f- that they finished the sanctuary off essentially that they use the sticks to blow it open and the-, the walkers all flood in there and that everyone has no other recourse other than to basically surrender and it ends right then and there which from a tactical perspective hey i, I hear him
0: <laughs> we, could be, we could be done by sundown is what he says right so yeah i
1: i, I get it effective for sure but one of the things that Rick brings up is that, you know, because Daryl was there, you know, he was a captive of Negan for, you know, however long that period was. And, you know, he said, he's like, but there are workers there, aren't there? Families, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, Daryl tries to kind of say like, oh, well, you know, they're in, you know, they're, they would be in this building. They wouldn't be there, whatever. But, you know, Rick isn't buying it. He's basically Wait a minute. Saying,
0: you know what we didn't realize is that is that Daryl was had been in the cell the whole time. He was escorted in the cell and out in the uh, on the gates, the fence crew, by the way, but he Regina mentioned.
1: But he also also was in that crowd of people when um the the Amber's guy was made an example with the iron. He was oh, there. Was he he was because he told Daryl to clean it up like afterwards. Oh. So he was he was he was there. He was he was eyewitness to some of this stuff that goes on. And oh. remember, he was also the one to bring food to the wives and that sort of thing. Like he when when Carl was there with Negan with the wives in their quarters or whatever, Daryl was the one that kind of was like the servant boy to bring stuff over there. I forget what it was, if it was food or fruit or, or something along those lines so I think he definitely oh, yes. got an idea of like okay there are workers there's there's the there's the kings in the castle or the warriors in the castle or whatever and there are the workers and and they you know and and they're just basically workers you know like they're not they're not trying to do anything other than just kind of stay alive how very know?
0: communist by the way just something going back <gasps> yes.
1: to the Russian thing I said yes Actually, if we want to go there, yeah. Yeah. No, I
0: I, I went there already uh, on episode one or two or something. But yeah, it's it's it just it, it keeps me thinking about that, like you know, like little communist yeah. contributors, contribute to society. Oh, well, you um, know,
1: Kirkman making his political commentary. Political I wonder. Religious. <laughs> just
0: saying. I still wonder though because I, I I hear what you're saying and it makes so much sense. But I'm trying to compare that to what the experience that Eugene got. Eugene had the full experience. You know, he was on the floor. He was seeing. All all the tickets, and he was seeing. I don't. I just don't know if Daryl had the same level of introduction. Obviously, mean, he was resistant to, to to everything. He was right. You know, he, he refused to comply all the way to the end. You know, so you know he he saw mostly the inside of a cell. You know, serving things to people and and doing fence duty, and and yeah, walked around, saw punishment, and that's probably just the icing on the cake for this whole shit pie. Um, but did he get to walk around freely uh, and see the the commerce that was going on to see what work you know the workers were doing? Did he really even get to spend time on the worker floor you know so yeah uh, no it's it's, true we don't know contrast you know
1: yeah no it's true it's we definitely don't know but there have been certain people that have gotten insights and seems like they reported back because even when gabriel was in the trailer with negan and the issue of the wives came up and you know he and he mentioned he's like carl said that you have multiple wives you know like so it seems like i get the impression that between carl between daryl they've kind of reported back you know their findings from being in that space carl probably more so actually yeah oh he
0: got the the full he He got the premium tour he
1: got the premium (laughs) tour exactly for sure so Rick knows. Rick knows yeah. that there are innocent people there that are just right. basically trying to do their job, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's
0: the crux of their plan, actually. It's yeah. the, the whole concept. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, so, absolutely. And this is where we finally see Rick waking up to the idea that, like, oh, I've been so stupid. You know, right. I've been, and, and this is who I, this is who I was starting to become. But yeah, and then he wakes up, and and they basically get into a row. You know, you got to stick to the plan. And then Daryl says something very interesting. He says, you know, there ain't no, there ain't no kingdom no more. You know. And and he says the same thing that Negan says. And he says, it, it's, Negan says it's to Father Gabriel. And he says, uh, it's on them. You know, mm. when he's referring to Rick, when Negan's referring to Rick and Rick getting everybody killed, he says, well, you know, it's that's not my fault. That was on Rick. Right. Glenn and Abraham, yeah. that was on Rick. I told him. Yeah. And he says the exact same words. It, it's on them for what they did. You know, it's, right. it's, it's not my fault. It's on them. And it really drives the point home of what they're trying to do. What kind of person Negan is. Just very neurotic. It's like... It's not my fault you're an asshole. You know, it's not my fault that you got your people killed. Like, it doesn't
1: matter that I'm the one who killed them, you know? And I mean, it does... We do come back to the same commentary, which is, you know, you, Ricks, we can't ever... And I don't think the show will ever let us forget that they did kill all these saviors in their sleep, you know, yeah. unprovoked. I mean, like, that is... That's something that the show is never going to let us forget. It does that bear is something, repeating. And it, it constantly comes up. And it is the truth. And a lot of those characters, a lot of people... On Rick's team were not in good conscience comfortable with that decision. They went along with it because it's Rick, but they were not at all comfortable with taking that decision. Right. so right.
0: And just remember where they were at, by the way, when they were when they were doing this. They thought that this station was it. The yeah. Well, they
1: were very cocky, it. super cocky. Also, I mean, they just thought that you know, okay, we get this, and then you know, that's it, done. I mean, they really did not understand the full. Ramifications of what they were doing. They didn't. They're not going to let us forget that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as, well sh- as well, they shouldn't, too. No. They, it, it does bear repeating as much as possible because it really drives the point home of how far that they were willing to damage their humanity.
1: Yes. How far they were willing to, to leave their humanity behind. That I was mean, a quote it's. Quote
0: unquote weak move, you know, or like strong move, depending on how you look at it from Negan's point of view. Who knows? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I completely agree.
0: You know, by the way, choke. Colds are legal, asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I about finally that. caught when that line were, when they were grappling. I was like, "Hush, is this mm, what are you trying to do here?"
0: <laughs> w- was that from season one or something? Like, like a callback to season one from when they first got into a thing? Well, I'm trying remember. to figure out. You know, I do not remember. I, I wanted to rewatch the, um, some episodes of initial Daryl Rick interactions to see where yeah. the, what that was a callback was from. There were a couple other things too, but yeah, it's oh and oh and come on, the explosion just before you realize that as they were fighting, Rick threw the dynamite into the jeep yes before the fire started and then the fire started and it exploded i finally caught that and i'm like oh that makes sense because now we can't use it
1: yeah now it's like nope that's it it's done hear that <laughs> it's like, well that's not an option anymore oh well Mm-mm. thank goodness Again, the weapons of mass destruction, just saying. With great power comes great responsibility. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, we, we've we been seeing that, you know, like it's gotten to, you know, people's heads, you know, even if it's just made them cocky and make stupid decisions. Because you could argue and say with Ezekiel the same thing. I mean, Ezekiel has nothing but the best intentions, but he was riding high on this sort of uh, confidence that, you know, perhaps made him lead his... his- his team to you know I would say certain death, but <laughs> I mean basically like he he was cocky, he was very cocky and overconfident, and obviously we saw how that ended. Mm-hmm. So yeah, i'm just saying.
0: Look at what happened with Negan and Gabriel when all of a sudden Gabriel tries to go for his gun when the walker comes through, and yes. it's this weird thing where Negan. This is why I was trying to dr- trying to drive the point home that Negan could totally waste Gabriel at any point in time. Oh at yeah, f- right when he disarms him, he could have wasted him. Absolutely. Instead, he just can't resist like i'm gonna keep hammering this point he just can't resist the idea of turning out gabriel and i say turning out like a prostitute but like (laughs) doing that because just it's just that it's like why wouldn't you you're playing mario brothers and you see a coin why wouldn't you get it are you crazy like even though it has no substantive value you know there's no value to you you still get it because it's just too enticing yeah you know so it's this idea that and then again when when gabriel grabs the gun and shoots at negan negan bats it away and then he says he, he just keeps pushing the confession angle and it makes me think that Gabriel is on to him if you really think about it. Gabriel must be on to Negan because he keeps pushing for the confession because part of, I think there's this interlocking play thing. Negan wants to give Gabriel that fruitful death you know? So he's trying to spin that weakness into a positive positive. and I think right. Gabriel's on to him so he keeps cat and mousing him right? and yeah. manipulates him to not kill him in a way like he just, I'm this so broken and I'm so begging for this confession. Which, by the way, in some ways, I feel like Father Gabriel isn't as hokey as he's making himself appear to be in front of Negan. If oh yeah, you
1: think about it. I like, think so. I think even the little smile he gave him, where it's like, "I'm here, for, you know, to take your confession." I'm like. It was pretty confident of, of Gabriel, you know, like I was very surprised by that. Very, very yeah. surprised by that. I
0: do not know what he's thinking. Like what Gabriel, like where the thought process of the, the character. Yeah. I, I just don't know if he's, if he's putting something on, if he's being absolutely serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I'm certain of is that I'm fairly certain of is that Gabriel, Father Gabriel's on to Negan. He, he sees yeah. what it is. He, he sees that he can't, ha- that Negan can't help himself from exploiting people. People to become a resource not just needlessly kill them And right. and if they, he does have to kill them as as was mentioned with the other with Glenn and Abraham he has to do it in such a spectacular way that it prevents people from never having to do it again and almost right. in a way that the show of force exhibited makes it so that you're convinced that negan could protect you when you're under his care do you know what right. I mean yeah it's yeah. so menacing it's so forceful it, it's just an example unto the nations you know right exactly Now. So it's, yep. it's it's very impressive he, he sees oh, yeah. the science and he doesn't think about it this guy was a priest he knows people he, was, he knows he knows he reads he probably
1: knows how to read people very well probably
0: also work with children if you think about it i mean uh, not that uh, way but i'm just talking about the the you know legit way um yeah you know and that people have weakness and, and maybe that's why that he locked them out of the church maybe they were threatening him and 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 that's the you know that's why they locked him out of the church they kept calling him you know all these names and all that stuff all the parishioners yeah, right so right. he knows People he knows the herd mentality. Oh man, I'm really starting to think more deeply about what he did. You know, as horrible yeah. as it was, I get it. You know how people are weak
1: yeah I mean he may know very well he he may I think that both him and ironically Negan are both very good at reading people and so I think it's it's very interesting it's very very interesting wow
0: it really goes back to what we said at the top of the show about these disrupting characters you know these yeah. wild cards these unknowns these these people that have to catch out the people that annoy us and frustrate us but then you start to realize they frustrate us with good reason they're just unique characters you know Gabriel specifically Gabriel Father Gabriel for sure uh, punch and stay Face (laughs) exactly. That was perfect comic relief too. It's like, oh, thanks, asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the confession.
1: That was that was actually pretty funny. I appreciated that payment. (laughs) I did appreciate that. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah,
0: I do like I do like the fact that Neg- Negan um, makes a concerted effort to save Gabriel, Father Gabriel after tripping. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, he, he does. You know, he, he could have. That's a very good point. Like, he very easily could have left them behind, but he didn't. Like, he could have left them behind as a distraction, which was one of the fears that I had. Like, I thought to myself, well, you know, there is a possibility that he could make Gabriel into a sacrifice to distract, you know, the walkers, and he, you know, gets away. But he didn't.
0: Dwight is showing a lot more back. And voice than he usually yes. does. Yes, he's been quiet for the most part with interactions with Negan and and everybody else for the most part. You know, one word answers, two word orders. You know, nothing big. Yes, but here he's just like, dude, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, and just you know, I don't That's need a, to be here. Like, yeah, you no, know,
1: <laughs> I'm. I think that it's it's very interesting. I think that he's, but I think he's also playing his his cards. You know, like, and maybe he is feeling confident because of the fact that he knows that. Things are happening, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah, maybe he does feel emboldened, let's say.
0: Oh, and he's putting his balls on the table when it comes to the lieutenants, too. Like, he's kind of just... Yeah. Who is, who is Dwight? He's not he's not one of the upper echelons. I mean, not really. He's not he's not an outpost leader, for goodness sake. No. So him putting his balls on the table like that, it, it, even though he's kind of just under Negan, still there's a prestige to let's say Simon, Regina, Gavin, you know, even Eugene, right. let's say. Right. So who is he to kind of remind them what Negan's about? You know, and, and let me remind you that Negan is Yeah, we keep what's ours and we don't give a uh, we don't give him a damn thing. He reminds them of that the, who they are in the upper echelon, you know, it's it's, it's just kind of crazy that he's the one kind of pulling people together.
1: He's playing a good game.
0: Oh yeah, and he could be emboldened anyway. I mean, if you think about it, after killing Sherry, Sherry is his name, right? His, his wife's name.
1: Mm. He didn't
0: really do it. I mean, he just said he did it. I mean, he could be playing up that you know I'm mm. finally free of that, so I I don't have to harbor any. I'm I'm gonna go things.
1: right. I'm gonna say right now that he didn't kill Sherry. I don't buy that for a second. No, no, no we we know that he didn't though either. Yeah, no, he did not, and. I- mark my words sherry's showing up <laughs> season, nine. <laughs> season nine or the end of season eight. Yes. Oh my god yep sherry's showing up mark my words oh man you,
0: when you said he didn't kill sherry you're, you're talking about um dwight oh i was thinking like uh scott and Gimple because we know that he, she fled you know he didn't ah, go right, after
1: her. right she fled but i'm saying like she's not dead i don't buy oh, yeah. that like that, that she you know Cause I think she said in her note, like, Oh, I'm not going to survive out here. I'm like, she, yeah, unless we see it on screen happening. No, she's alive and she's showing up in season nine. (laughs) I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to put like money on that right now.
0: Okay. So there's, there's two things that one would, that would piss me off and the other one would be all right. But uh, the only way I could see her coming back is if it has value to the twists and turns, you know, like, so she comes back sometime in the middle where Negan still has this, they're still in war. Right. Mm -hmm. And it throws everything in a tizzy. that would be cool but if she just kind of comes after the fact and is with white and they're happily ever after or it's just some stupid thing that i don't really care about like oh she comes back but she's with another guy or something or i don't know or she comes back and and they're they're together again and it's all it makes it's just all cut and dry that would just kind of be like uh, okay why did she leave this doesn't make sense
1: like i will say i don't care that she's back you know for those that have read the comic sherry does play a role i'm just gonna leave it at that i'm just gonna put that little put that there
0: interesting
1: that's all i'm gonna say
0: now you're gonna have to blog about it yes and i'm never gonna read it it's yes, kind of exactly. sad i really do want to read it but i'm i just have to keep that perspective
1: i know, you know? i'm gonna put like red tape all over and I'm be like spoiler spoiler do not read past this point right here right. don't read
0: it these are the topics i'm talking about and that's
1: Thanks, it goodbye so. don't read past this point like, no, it, but- it'll just say
0: dave don't read past this point, dave, <laughs> and <don't>
1: past <laughs> this point. just stop right here <laughs> Everybody else will get it. Don't need to them a spoiler alert. In general though, with this show, unless somebody is killed on screen I do not, I, w- I would not make assumptions. I-, I still say with Heath Heath is another one. Season 9 he's showing up. <laughs> Heath is showing date, up. Man. Yep, season 9. You don't think he's going to
0: show up? You don't think either of them are going to show up during this war?
1: I don't think Sherry's going to show up during this war. Heath maybe. Maybe Heath. But I just don't know how they would bring him back or where he went. I don't know. So it's like I'm not necessarily sure. But they But, yeah, but they probably... Well, I was going to say, they probably don't want to wait too long to bring him back. But at the same time, they brought Morales back. (laughs) So, you know, they could bring him back in, like, season 14 for all we care, you know? They
0: kind of brought Merle back in a weird way, you know?
1: Yes, that is true. That is true. I
0: had this weird flash, by the way, when they were mentioning... Negan mentioned the previous guy in charge. Did you get a flash of the governor for a sec?
1: Yeah, you know, like, sometimes I do periodically, like, you know... And and sometimes it's just based on comparison, because a lot of people obviously... Like, oh who who's first, the governor or Negan or whatever. So That would be a very interesting parallel, wouldn't it? Like allowing ah. people to be weak. Yeah. Mm. How weak was he? Yeah, because the governor was not weak. Mm. I mean, the governor was another psychopath, but uh.
0: no. But in a way, he was weak. I mean, he wasn't putting away these the the Walker heads. You know what I mean? He wasn't using his strength. He was just tethering (laughs) himself to these remnants. Yeah. His daughter, I think, too. Right? That was his daughter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think that this is something that I I think this is why a lot of people have complaints with the Negan character because with the governor, they did kind of give him some depth of character where, you know, he, you know, obviously, yeah, like a kind of reason behind the madness of like where it's coming from. Like, I mean, if you think about it, we saw a lot of the governor like in terms of like his daughter and how, you know, he was still keeping her even though she was a walker because he couldn't bear, you know, like killing her. His relationship with Andrea, even his relationship after, you know, kind of going off on his own or whatever and, and all that. Like, so, I mean, You got a lot of background to who the governor was and I think that they haven't really done that as much with the Negan character so I think that that's something that is part of the reason why people are sort of like kind of like eh, a little sort of not completely on board with him but I think it's not the fault of like you know the actor or anything like that I think he's doing a very good job with what he's been given I think it's just that you know people want to see more and understand more of what he's about in order to be able to kind of believe that he's a complex compelling character you know especially yeah, I for do. those who haven't read the comment
0: you know although it's starting as, as we're talking we're starting to make I'm starting to make more and more sense of the relevance like the idea of people as a resource all the things that we've talked about in this episode I think we're doing his character development as a result of the, it's. you have to really break down the things he actually does in this episode it belies his menacing nature right. he's gonna be menacing it's gonna happen it's who he is right. but this whole other like compulsive part this this part that won't let him Waste people as a resource That, with every little thing that we keep bringing up It's like, it's like this uh, Black hole that it just keeps Delivering more and more examples of how Okay, now I have to go back and watch The previous episodes to see how true That is, and oh yeah, he really wanted To rope in Carl, oh yeah, he really Wanted to get, you know, all these people on his side The way he roped in Eugene, the way he's Tried to rope everybody, you know, he really Gives everybody a chance to be a resource But the only one that he didn't really Give that chance to as much is Rick in as much as he's allowed Rick to actually survive, and by even that token he was able to give him all the chance in the world, you know, instead of killing him outright, to get Rick's crew on board. You know, they could have replaced Rick with some sort of interim head like one of the other lieutenants, or maybe Dwight even, but for some reason he just kept giving Rick chances over and over again even though he's probably the most critical and brutal of him instead of converting him into some sort of resource.
1: I think that Rick is the first formidable opponent that has kind of leveled the plane field. All the other people he's come across have been pretty much submissive
0: yeah, to like him. Yeah, like Gregory.
1: Right. Or came to be submissive like Ezekiel, where you know, he basically sized him up. I, I I, personally feel, and maybe we'll find out more about this in the future, I feel that Ezekiel's story about how Benjamin's father was was, was in a raid where, where they were overcome by walkers, and I don't believe that either. I think, as you can tell, I'm very skeptical. I'm like, nope, not believing that story. I believe that that was probably Ezekiel's First run in with the Saviors. And that's when he lost potentially Benjamin's father, who was supposed to be the seasoned fighter and this and whatever. Someone like that wouldn't necessarily just get killed from a Walker incident or something. I mean, it could happen, obviously, but I, I just have a feeling that's the case. And Ezekiel probably realized the full force of the Saviors at that point and struck a deal, made a deal. Right. And it worked for some time, obviously. And I think he even said it's like it's, it's an uneasy piece, but it's a piece.
0: Much like they took out Glenn and Abraham, we I mean, right. took out, out a really seasoned fighter, probably one of the best fighters that they have, and then oh, Glenn yeah. just to give him a little misery.
1: Right? No, absolutely. Widow. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that I think that Rick is the first person who has not broken. He hasn't broken him. He tried very, very hard.
0: Moral, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But he has not broken him, and he is essentially his counterpart or his peer that is giving him a run for his money, and so. This is a very, very different opponent than he's accustomed to. Right,
0: because he could have he could have given it uh, the Alexandrians. Let's just say to let's say Regina, at where right. the kingdom has Gavin mm-hmm. and the hilltop has Simon. Mm-hmm. So you know what makes Ale- the Alexandria different? What makes Rick's crew different? And then Negan's like, this guy's going to be a problem. These guys are seasoned right. fighters. All of them right. know how to fight. All which of them is know like how another fight, topic but... unto itself. By the way. Yeah,
1: no, it's very yeah. true because that is not the case for these situations. I mean, you see that you know this is something that Rick has pointed out. Right, you know, all the time when they first got to Alexandria, that these people just were not. At a capable point to be able to survive because they've been kind of sheltered you know from what was going on behind like these walls whereas like Rick and his team has like moves from like location to location whereas they've had to and as for a certain point was like you know living like in the woods after the prison fell and it, well after Terminus I guess I should say after yeah, Terminus yeah. they were kind of like in limbo for a little bit until they you know eventually were found by Aaron so they have had to survive they, they know how to and they, and they have so they're a very different opponent than he gets used to. He knows that these are not people that are just going to just submit. That's not going to happen. And I think he's very clear about that, especially now. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that much is clear. And, and not only that, he's rallied all the other, like the hilltop and the the kingdom to really fight against the saviors, which kind of yeah. puts his whole top-heavy philosophy slash organization at risk because yes. it's all top-heavy management. And yeah. then you have all these other people that are under him that are depending on the few people that can fight now. Yeah. So interesting. It is very oh. interesting. I think that Simon's days are kind of numbered. I know we mentioned this before, okay. but specifically when the workers were revolting,
1: that was very interesting, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that whole was, exchange. That whole exchange myself.
1: was that whole exchange was very in- interesting. Um, I love that Gavin is feeling very apprehensive about everything that's going on. You can tell that Gavin is very apprehensive. He knows that this is like a, a pressure cooker situation. Yeah, uh, he doesn't know what to do. No, no, <laughs> so... not at all, not at all. I wonder how he got to his point, <laughs> like <laughs> Gavin. It's kind of like one of those guys I like, at work that you're like, how did you get here? But <laughs> <laughs> middle yeah,
0: like you management. Yeah, middle management. You literally said middle management. I. It first. is.
1: It's middle management. But no, like that's what I. He definitely is feeling the pressure and he is very apprehensive of what's going on. And with Simon, I think that Simon yeah, I definitely see Simon with issues with the words because I mean, the workers signed up for this in exchange for what they'd be getting. You know, they are the workers, but in exchange for protection, in exchange for the resources of food, water, shelter, I mean, the basics, essentially. And, you know, now you're... Right. And now you're seeing that, okay, you know, the power's been shut down or trying to preserve, you know, supplies or goods or whatever, and the natives are getting restless. And I think that Simon and Regina's approach is very, very volatile to these workers and very kind of like, we're up here, you guys are down here, literally down down there they I think that they were telling them to get back to their like Lord, I don't know if it was yeah. yeah exactly where presumably it's 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 hot I guess they were saying that it's very hot oh
0: because the AC was on yeah if I remember right yeah
1: AC in the apocalypse I know <laughs> Sorry. Isn't I'm that like sorry. most
0: of the reason why you'd be a savior? Because oh, in, in a in a world where we're in the south and it's hot basically yeah. year round, ace in muggy. Saviors have mm-hmm. air
1: conditioning. Central <laughs> air.
0: <laughs> so uh surviving, you know, in a prison or out in the wilderness or in terminus or in this one big factory. Central warehouse. air. Exactly. <laughs> Central air.
1: Exactly. Not
0: even a choice at this oh,
1: point. Oh yeah. I mean, that's pretty enticing to be a savior under those conditions, right? Right,
0: exactly. But this whole this whole sequence of events, I, the person that I have the most focus on here is Simon because yes. it's the way it comes about. You know, he's again impatient. You know, he he's he's like wanting to get at the first person that Regina does take a shot in the end, so I think that right. may slow down Simon's eventual demise. Mm-hmm. But there is this keen, sharp observation being made by Negan saying, I'm disappointed in you. Yes. you know, like, uh, you know this is not gonna bode well for you. So I have to wonder
1: backstory. what that backstory is, too. I have to wonder what
0: yeah yeah that backstory plus the philosophy that we've been talking about throughout the show simon dude you're willing to waste these resources you we already said right. at the top of the show are we backsliding so right. this is not what i want i want to flip people i don't want these people aren't something you can discard with at, at win right. because it's an inconvenience to you and if it means right. and that's why, why what he says to gabriel in the trailer is so prescient about their relationship with the workers it's like if i'm not there i don't trust okay. any of these guys to be able to hold on to these people's resources because I'm yeah. seem to be the only one who, who first of all cares who, about the philosophy
1: who truly understands basically what needs to be done and that killing is not necessarily something to take lightly if it has to happen it's, it's like we talked about before it has to happen it has to happen but it has to be in, in order to save numerous others like killing right. one to save many others but not just arbitrarily killing for the sake of killing and he said it himself he's like if I'm not there this whole thing falls Apart yeah. and I mean that's exactly what we saw. It was like you know jackals just basically like ready to tear themselves apart from the inside. And I mean these people were grateful to see Negan alive. I mean oh, yeah. they they thank literally God thank God for you. Like they were grateful to see him be because he is he does maintain law and order. He maintains law and order. He provides for them. And so it just proved the point that he was making to Gabriel that he needs to be there. That Negan and, would
0: make a better Trump is what you're trying. He's a law I, and order I, president.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. God, I, I know. I, I think that, yeah, I think that Negan definitely exudes more uh, presidential behavior, <laughs> I guess. Man.
0: It'd be a communist country, but, you It'd know, be,
1: yeah. make America but. run again. Oh, <laughs> Jeez. That's sad. No, I think the worst comparison I heard was when they were like, well, you know, it's like the country's starting to be governed, you know, slightly better than maybe Cersei Lannister would. <laughs> I was like, oh my God.
0: It's a sizable improvement from Cersei Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> sizable enough away, but very, like in the grand scheme, kind of close, <laughs> close
1: to. Kind of close to. Still in the same umbrella.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. On in the, in the, in the same umbrella of tyrant slash whim, whimsy kind of thing. Like, uh. Yeah. On a dime, I can just you know hurt somebody and then
1: oh everybody will love me. Yeah.
0: Oh man,
1: I thought it was interesting Gabriel's pushing of the confession, but specifically in terms of his decisions with the wives when he was kind of saying like you know Carl said you have numerous wives and you know that that said because and you can tell he was kind of walking away from him like sort of answering him saying like oh well these you know these women have a choice you know it's 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 trying to justify you know his decision because it's a is it a choice? I mean, how much of a choice do they have? I mean, like, what are the repercussions if they don't take you up on that offer? I mean, exactly. you know, basically, like, did you have a wife before this? And, you know, he has to basically kind of collect, collect himself and say, you know, Lucille, give me strength. So th- that w- that was a very touchy subject. He had to kind of step away from a little bit. In, oh, uh, yeah. Denver the Lucille style.
0: give me strength is, is a perfect example of that. I really want to convert this guy, but I really want to kill him too. <laughs> right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Because he touched a raw nerve. It was very interesting. And I think like we got snippets of his background for sure and I'm sure we'll we'll get more. <laughs>
0: I, at this point, part of me is like, I don't really know if I want more. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that only because of the exposition that we've kind of taken on mm-hmm. and knowing his operating philosophy, which if we didn't have this episode to really expound on this idea, then I would definitely want more. But now that we've mm-hmm. kind of gone through it, we can also go back and see all these different examples of how like, okay, this character isn't like a random guy. This guy okay. isn't a really caricature. We kind of have the nuts and bolts to him. At this right. point, yeah, we could get more backstory, but if if we did it may even be not necessary I think there's more of like I don't know if I want this guy's past but now mm-hmm. I kind of want to know his future mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and maybe things will come out in the course of him either changing or right. leading up to his death which is questionable obviously because of many different reasons but, mm-hmm. but now it's it's just a matter of okay I've gotten enough maybe mm-hmm. we can maybe we can stop here and maybe we'll pick it up again some other time but now I'm in a good place I want to go back to your, your idea on the Lucille give me strength thing because Mm -hmm. this also shows this unique strength of Father Gabriel he's really tapping into his professional capabilities like he went for the jugular and he kept and he kept pushing and talk about threading the needle like Gregory threading the needle with his thin thin dick Gabriel knows how to do it he's literally threading that needle you know he's finding the spots he's really hand weaving himself into Negan's psyche and trying to pull out the one thing that he can just tap and then also pull a Negan and and not try to flip him but try to kind of at least unnerve him enough to f- see that there's value to Gabriel it's like this weird caduceus kind of you know where the snake eats itself kind of thing like he helps if yes. i do this negan will see value in me but if i do this it'll ta- it'll get me closer to him he's
1: you know? walking that line yeah. he's
0: definitely walking that it's line it's like they need each other he's gotten himself yes. to a point where they actually they can't help but get each other it's it's right. really cool to see if you really open your mind to it
1: yeah no i think so and i think he basically proved himself too like he wasn't you know again none of them are weak whatsoever so i think he really kind of proved how strong And how brave he is By being persistent And going straight after him And I think that probably Earned him some respect yeah. I would say Oh for sure For sure
0: So it actually does Kind of bring us up To the gore thing now the, Where they're going right. up to, to just reach this horde uh, Between them and the sanctuary That's and like a
1: favorite trick They like to do on this show Isn't it? Like yeah, every uh, Every season Or every couple of seasons That comes up It's like we're gonna Cover ourselves in zombie guts And we're gonna be able To like walk through the herd yeah, For like a certain time Yeah it's like once a season Like in fear, in fear In Fear
0: the Walking Dead They do this a lot but I've it, heard in, about in, that. Yeah, in The Walking heard that Dead, I'm they feared, do that.
1: Yeah, I've heard that in Fear of the Walking Dead, they do that all the time.
0: But before they do that, there's one thing that was said that makes the end scene where Gabriel's in the shivers, and that's... Okay. He's saying, like, all these bodies are out in the sun, and they get all roiled up in this heat, and the guts mm. gross, and, man, you could get really sick from this. I've seen it. He's like, oh, I'm from Georgia, so I don't really get that. Oh. So Very prescient. And so here's the thing. Does Gabriel either feign sickness because of that line? Does he hold on to that piece of information and he's faking it or is he really sick i, mean, I assumed
1: this- i assumed that he really was sick like my my reaction was that because i had been kind of thinking that he was you know i i i've, I've said this before it's like how long is gabriel gonna be around for exactly and so when i saw him get sick or when, I, when they showed him at the end, like, shivering and kind of delirious, like, talking about Dr. Carson and having to get him to Maggie, I really did think that he was sick. I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, so I don't know if he necessarily is faking it. It would be interesting if he was faking it just as a ploy to get yeah. out of his situation.
0: Yeah, well, just given That's that line, because they didn't have to say that, right? You know, he no, they didn't we have to. We could have just taken it as gospel, like, oh, <laughs> gospel, of okay, Gabriel, that he <laughs> would just get sick. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They were sick in the prison. A lot of them were sick in the prison. A lot so of them got sick in the prison, that makes. Yeah. Sense but the fact that Negan actually said it, as he's seen maybe, it before, yeah, like maybe the, he's faking it. Maybe he's taking that bit of information. Like I wouldn't know, and then now mm-hmm. he knows, like, oh, I didn't know what I was getting into. So, wink, wink. Yeah. So mm-hmm, it's it's something that you could throw up there and just say, okay, maybe he is faking. Maybe maybe okay, because I was on board. Like you said, like you said, right. I, was, I took it for you know, okay, he's sick. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I don't know, just something to think about. And maybe he, there's yeah. a double plot to this. Like okay, he sends Eugene off, and then he does, I don't know. Maybe there's more to do here so uh, it's just very interesting and then really i think all we really have left is the, are the sneak peeks that we saw yes and that's gonna be interesting because the first sneak peek we get is rick and the garbage people and him basically saying join or be destroyed
1: yeah yeah and i think this is where the polaroids are gonna come into play i think he oh, basically think so? is gonna sh- i think so like in <laughs> in that respect seeing that i think that those polaroids are basically kind of propaganda but you know actually reality of like look you basically took their side because you thought that they were the better deal and the the better pony to bet to to bet your money on and you know we're here to tell you no look what we've been able to do to these guys and i think that that's where it's going to come in i would i thought that those polaroids were kind of coming to play with them or with oceanside right right one group or the other but in seeing that i'm venturing to say that we're going to see those polaroids
0: yeah that maybe maybe it, the polaroids are more effective in convincing the trash people yes the trash, hipsters. The trash hipsters Yes. okay i'm on board well, well let's exposit a little bit because do you think this is going to motivate the trash hipsters to join the cause. That's that's a big question.
1: I don't know. I don't trust these guys. That's my problem with it's them. Really it's hard. like I just You need the resources especially after what happened with the kingdom. Yeah. I mean cuz basically they had your most seasoned fighters essentially other than Alexandria itself like Rick's group and now they've all been destroyed. So now what? You need fighters at the end of the day they are resources which is what we've been talking about like people are resources right. as long as you can get them to see your way of things so oh, yeah. that is definitely yeah. a, a possibility I mean I'm not crazy about them because obviously as we've seen they can turn coat you know right. at the drop of a hat yeah, but and at the same yeah. time they're resources what are you going to do?
0: Yeah so you're you're just explaining the stakes but I'm kind of loath to say that two things. One, there's no question in my mind that all of these guys are fighters their right. whole makeup is kind of to a show that with the slick back hair nobody can grab onto it with them right. kind of weaving in and out of the trash knowing the terrain it seems to me that they have a grasp on stealth. I was, was going to say that
1: would be a very interesting I would say battle area because I mean there's a lot of sight lines and areas where you can hide like they have like a maze you yeah. know within that, that that trash heap you yeah. know so uh, it's, it's interesting it's interesting possibilities like they definitely are strategic and they hadn't an, uh, what is it a, a little walker that the fought rick winslow oh, I remember the name yes yeah, <laughs> name was winslow <laughs> so yeah i mean they definitely i mean yeah they definitely are much more capable of fighting than hilltop for example hilltop right. is not equipped for that i mean they will support but they are not fighters that is not their thing whatsoever
0: i'll venture a guess too that that the the trash hipsters will join rick so like i was just trying to establish was look, they're skilled fighters they they know the terrain they have the idea of stealth but they also are very pragmatic and the only reason why they didn't join Rick is because in many ways, they're not convinced that going with Rick and, and really trying to ruin this relationship with the saviors is in their best interest. You know, right. they must have some sort of profit sharing or some sort of, they must have some sort of, because like, obviously the saviors can't invade them. Their terrain is, right. like you said, too much of a maze, too little sight lines. They, don't, they probably don't even know how many trash ships as we don't, there are. So right. it's not in their best interest. So it's in the saviors' best interest to, to strike a deal, probably for yeah. the flyer. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting where we can go with that. The next sneak peek, though, is Maggie and Jesus. And this one's a lot yes. more interesting. She, she literally says to Jesus, you should not have put us in this situation. Oh, in this yeah. position. Yeah. Every option is on the table. And that line to me is like, okay, now we're getting a little closer to the heart of Maggie's wavering philosophy. Like, we weren't really sure where on the scale she was. Like, right. oh, is she full Morgan? Is she uh, mm-hmm. kind of Jesus? You know, so mm-hmm. something, something's shifting and it's shifting in the, uh, The amoral position, if you want to call it that.
1: Absolutely. Because I think that you start to see Jared or whatever, like it seems like he's like cutting his bands. It does. It puts them in a very precarious position, you know, because you've got people who are loose cannons. Not all, right. But still, you do have a few very dangerous individuals in that group. Elements. (laughs) Elements. With yeah. people who are not fighters, the hilltop are not people who are who who know how to defend themselves until you know from guys like this.
0: Right, right. It's, there's a distinct possibility that they don't have quite the fighting capabilities. They were training, and there was obvious training, but how much could we train in such a short period of time? Right. Now, it's not like the kingdom. It's not like they were giving the kingdom drills. They already know mm-hmm. how to fight. Right. You know, these, these guys are learning from scratch. Probably learning more on the lines of trying to face walkers too. Right. So I don't know if they're designed to really fight people? No. That's a question. I, that. I mean, Jesus can't save them all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> couldn't couldn't help it. Couldn't help I mean, throwing I mean, it in that,
0: there. I mean that literally, but also, you know, yeah. he's got some fighting moves, but still. Maybe we get to see them. Hey, how about that? You never know. That'd be cool.
1: I've said before it would be great to see because it's one of those. I, I, I think that the re- the Jesus character really hasn't been tapped into as much as they could. So I'd be curious to see a Jesus-Maggie conflict and where that's happening. We still don't know where Morgan is. Morgan left.
0: Yeah, and he's yeah. Just... I'm convinced he's not coming back for a while. Yeah, a while. he might
1: he might not come back until some some moment where he needs to jump in and save the day and
0: maybe uh, maybe self-sacrifice too who knows
1: I could see that I could yeah. see
0: that they would do it in a way that's kind of poetic if you think yes. about it like in the way that he says he can't die there yeah. has to be some sort of written way story-wise where he can die but only in such and such circumstance and that would be yeah. kind of cool because oh technically he can't die but he can kill himself or something I don't know right
1: something Yeah, like that. I that, could definitely see that for yeah, that sure. would make more sense. yeah so, and, you know, he, he's been there for so long. He's such a pivotal character that I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I would think that they would do his, his character justice for sure and kind of right. give him like a noble, like you said, poetic death. I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, literally the first episode, if you remember, you know,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, So
0: it's that's yeah. I. Wow. I'm, I'm now I'm way more invested just just remembering the fact that he's been there literally from the beginning and from the you know,
1: beginning since day one. Yeah. Wow. It's like I mean, it's kind of like the Glenn situation like you got to give those kind of characters a very pronounced send off if you're going to send them off it needs to be done in a certain way it can't just be sort of like that's why the whole Glenn dying in the dumpster thing was just not at all realistic it's like no you you can't just like kill off a main character like that like such a big main character in such a sort of nonchalant sort of way
0: oh man but we all we i, all yeah, no, I know we all fell for it It's I know but, and we would we be all... like oh it makes sense they do this to us all the time
1: right exactly <laughs> like I I literally remember sitting in the basement of like our house and like me and like my husband Eddie like sitting there and just kind of watching it like kind of in no. disbelief like did we did that just happen like wait like, <laughs> that just wait. really happened it's like no no yes no wait I don't know wait
0: I don't know they're talking about I'm talking th- wait it could be oh no
1: what no I was like but they didn't do an memoriam for him
0: <laughs> oh they I I, yeah, I think they did and then they did like a rewind the next week or something I I don't remember uh. how they did it but it was they did play it off like they did like he did if I remember right I don't think they put so, question yeah. marks i'm gonna re-watch that but yeah uh,
1: yeah they, they like to play with our emotions
0: and I, I, rightly so i mean that yeah. that was a good move it, it was good enough that people could accept it yeah like, even though they didn't want to they was like oh
1: okay i guess this happened i don't want to watch yeah. this show anymore but i do <laughs> yeah they were like i guess this happened and then it was like no he's alive <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 Oh man! Yeah. But,
0: okay. So the so the ne- the last thing is we do see a sneak peek of Daryl and Tara getting together and wanting to kill Negan.
1: I hope that this isn't another, well, do you think this show would kill off Daryl? Oh, um
0: because I think this it's is entirely another, possible. I
1: think it's entirely possible, but this is another suicide mission deal because I'm yeah. like if we've you guys this we've done it before <laughs> and we've all seen how that ended up. Like because twice. yeah, I mean this this has happened numerous times, you know, and Tara's right now on the same kind of kick that Rosita and Sasha yeah. were on. Yeah. Like now Tara's on this kick. So now she's all like gung-ho like whatever, we got to kill each other, whatever. And again, Daryl is of the same mindset, right. but to kind of go in and say like, okay, we're going to do this, I'm like, now you guys are just going like full-on kamikaze style. Like, I mean, you're not doing anybody any favors by going about things this way. But it'll be curious to see if Daryl and Tara, if they're equivalents to that in The Saviors. Is that Simon and Regina? I don't know. Like, it'll be curious to see, like, if we we see some of the same kind of blasphemy or mutiny among the ranks over on The Savior side, too. I mean, I think that Negan's more... T- well, Well, Rick is aware of Daryl's thoughts and and, and where he's at, obviously, since they had literally a fistfight over it, but I don't know if he would necessarily squash that the way Negan seems to want to like squash what was happening with Simon right Mm. away.
0: And you know what? Given our sneak peek of Maggie and Jesus, it could be that Daryl heads over to the hilltop, which it sounds like he's doing, and Mm -hmm. then squashes whatever escape that Jared tries to take, and then maybe some other people get in the mix, and then Daryl's kind of convinced, okay, these people can't can't be reasoned with talks to tara and says we gotta take these guys out and right. that's the only way i could see that them actually going through with it is like okay yet another example of we can't keep these guys alive right you know what I mean? so, right oh man
1: yeah no <laughs> i i can see that i can see it going that way yeah
0: but yeah Ugh. we've got we've got a lot of exciting routes to discover right now with just yes. everything we've called the biggest takeaway from this episode is we could go into more backstory into Negan, but we really now have the mechanisms in which he operates. But we can like really it. know the inner workings now.
1: Yeah, we understand. We can see what the inner workings are, and 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 I like getting glimpses of that. I definitely like getting glimpses of like, okay, this is what's going on over over on uh, the Savior side. I I like it personally.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and then we can sort of piece together what's to come mm-hmm. as a result of all this, and really almost in a way, kind of human negan because yeah the brutality and and has a purpose and he places kind of the utmost value on people which is not what you would have thought in the introduction of him into the series right so that to me is gold that was just that made that whole episode all the tension and all the twists and turns just worth every penny yeah spend So. Uh, yeah I agree so with that everybody I think uh, we can leave uh, this show off on a good note On a good squashy pulverized pureed note and yes indeed write us an email if you want squawking dead podcast at gmail.com we're waiting for your <laughs> phone call we just we just you know we want to get that phone call and um,
1: yeah. we uh, will catch you next week sounds good see you next week.